disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. It's high time for medical marijuana in Kentucky. And yes, I intended that pun. You guys have listened to me long enough to know that I absolutely intended that pun. You know, I've heard so many stories from people that have been, um, you know, they have major medical ailments. Maybe they're terminally ill with cancer and medical marijuana has helped them to feel a little bit better, a little more lucid around their family and enjoy what time they have left with them. Uh, In other cases, it seems as though um, it's actually been helpful in terms of healing. Um, You know, there's some really high evidence that kids with epilepsy can do way better with some form of oils extracted from cannabis. Uh, And then, of course, there's glaucoma, there's PTSD, there's a number of different treatments. The problem is we can't even really study it because it's not legal. Um, It needs to be legal federally, and it needs to be legal in Kentucky. And regardless of how you feel about recreational marijuana, it's time for at least medical marijuana. And I know some people are saying, well, that's a gateway. Well, nobody's out there saying that we should outlaw OxyContin altogether because they know they need it when their knees hurt. And yet that can be a gateway to terrible addiction, far worse than anything that marijuana does. And frankly, the effects of alcohol are far worse than the effects of marijuana. Anyway, I digress. I want to bring on uh, Representative Jason Nemus Uh, to talk about this issue because he's a guy who has been against recreational marijuana for a long time, but he understands the need for medical marijuana. So we will get to that conversation in just a moment. First, though, I want to thank our sponsor, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. So glad that they've been a part of our program for so long. And uh, their support is really helpful in being able to actually do this program as a labor of love. Um, But it's beyond that. They are a great business. And if you're thinking about redoing your kitchen this is the place i would call and i'm not just saying that because they support the program i'm not just saying that because tim montgomery the owner is a friend of mine i'm saying that because we became friends because of how great his company is because i was a customer first and i'm telling you these guys are going to get the job done their work ethic is unparalleled their craftsmanship is phenomenal their designers love helping you make your dream come true so whether you're do-it-yourselfer, which if you are and you got your measurements, they've got cabinets in stock of every style, super high quality, very affordable, not affected by uh, the supply chain issues, or you just want a turnkey kitchen remodel and turn it over to the pros, they can do that from start to finish for you. Go to LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com, or better yet, swing by the showroom at 6200 Hit Lane in Louisville, right there on the border of Oldham County. Um, If you're in Oldham, Louisville, or Southern Indiana, these are your folks for your dream kitchen. 502-930-3304. And without further ado, let's get into our conversation with Representative Jason Nemes. My buddy, Jason Nemes, Representative, Oldham County, part of Louisville. What's up, dude? It's good to talk to you again, man. 
It's good to talk to you. It's a beautiful day in Kentucky, and uh, it's a good start of a nice week. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys got a little bit of the Colorado treatment last week, where it was like sixty <laughs> degrees, and then there was three inches of snow, and then it was sixty degrees again. And hey, how about the Cats going num- number two seed? I'm a, I'm a little upset at the loss against Tennessee. That really bugged me, mainly because my phone blew up, and a bunch of my friends that are T- UT fans were giving me crap. Uh, but hey, two seed, I'll take it. And this team looks like they could do something special. Yeah, they could beat anybody in the country. We also have Murray State in the in the big dance, and uh, L's girls are number one. They're the only team for three years in a row to be the number one seed. So good things going on in college basketball in the Commonwealth. Has there ever been a year that you can remember there wasn't at least three college teams from the state of Kentucky in the tournaments? And you, you count women's basketball or men's basketball. There's always, like, multiples from our state. Always. And, and one of our top two has obviously been down for a number of years, so it doesn't even include them this year. But we have – you know, we're, we're embarrassed with riches in Kentucky on basketball, no <laughs> doubt about that. I love it. Um, so you're working on, and we'll get into a couple things here, but I want to start with the medical marijuana issue. Um, I, I just, I've been using this pun all day, so pardon me. It's high time. Um, no, no, but I know that, <laughs> I know that you have been a stalwart, you know, dead set against recreational marijuana. You and I disagree on that, but you have sat, this is what I love about you, Jason. You have sat down with your constituents and listened to them, and you've come to the conclusion that we can do medical marijuana without it being a gateway to legalized recreational marijuana. Walk me through how you came to that decision. Yeah, so when I when I ran for office, I was against marijuana in all forms. I had never used it before and still have never used it in my life. And I met with a number of constituents in a library in Oldham County because I thought, you know, it's my obligation to look them in the eye and tell them why I disagree with them. They, Leland, they're folks that are just like you and me. They're just regular people trying to get get by and be better. And um, they told me what it meant for them. And I thought, you know, I wasn't convinced, but I thought maybe I'm not so maybe I'm not so right. And so I looked into it, talked to more constituents, physicians, researched the issue, and uh, you know, I'm wrong. I mean, I was just wrong. So I've uh, been a champion of the bill for the last uh, three or four years. And um, you know, in Kentucky, there is nowhere near the support for recreational, and I don't support it either. And so um, the question, the, the question of whether or not marijuana can help people medicinally, it, that, that debate is over. Even the opponents don't even don't even make that argument anymore because you can't make it in a straight face. So that argument's over. So the question became, do we have the right bill? And a lot of states, you know, they go medical and then that's a step to recreational. And and that's not what we want in Kentucky. So I had to get the right bill. And that's this one. You know, it's funny. And I want to get a little bit more in depth in that in a minute. But um. You know, I have to tell you about just kind of because we're friends and, you know, I can kind of open up to you a little bit about this. You know that I'm pro legalized marijuana. I've never smoked it either. I'm a missionary kid. I've never smoked it in my life. I have no desire to. I hate the smell of it. But I I live in Colorado now. Um, I live in a very nice neighborhood and there's a cannabis dispensary less than a mile from my house. So it's it's not like it's not like you have to go down to the seedy part of town to get it. It's everywhere here in Colorado, literally everywhere. I will tell you this, and and I because ha- I have to be intellectually honest here. I, I still maintain my support for legalized marijuana, but I will tell you that I'm looking into and I'm open to the argument that, and even if it doesn't convince me, because I'm always going to err on the side of liberty, but even if it doesn't convince me, there may be something to the problems that can arise from legalizing it. And uh, what I'm saying with that is like, you know, part of the problem, because here in Colorado, we are having an enormous crime outbreak. And if you go to, you know, it's it's bad where I live in Colorado Springs, but it's it's not as bad as it is in Denver. It is pathetic. 
Um, I, I spend a lot of time in Denver with work stuff, and um, you know, I do a show in Denver, and every time I go there, even the nicer part of towns, every single exit ramp has a homeless tent encampment. They cannot control the problem. There is huge problems with fentanyl. Now, I'm not saying these are all connected, but I am saying that you can track an increase in criminal activity in the state of Colorado with the legalization of marijuana. And again, this doesn't convince me that I'm wrong in supporting it. I'm simply saying that I can understand why some people don't support it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And with Colorado, and I've not studied the issue, so I won't make any uh, you know pronouncements, but I wonder if some of that is Colorado being first or among the first, and so they attracted some outside influence or outside uh, persons to the state. I don't know that, but... Um, oh, no, it, they, you know. that's 100% true. It, and it's not the marijuana that's done it. It's the people that have come here to do marijuana but bring with them other things. So, again, this is why right. it doesn't convince me to be against legalizing it. It just... It, it it probably would have been better to do something federally in a more um, no deliberate that. way so that we could deal with what problems, you know, you know, because freedom comes with problems. And I get that. So, again, it doesn't convince me. But you're absolutely right that it's an influence that's come in because they were first. So you're not wrong on that at all. Yeah. And I, and I think you brought up you brought up fentanyl. And I think that's the strongest part of the bill that we have in Kentucky. And that is. Right now, we're not going to bring marijuana to Kentucky if we pass this law. I mean, it's already here, Leland. I mean, we've yeah, got beautiful, you think? beautiful. Yeah, we've my got wife's beautiful from, land. My and, wife's from Lebanon. She's from Marion County. Come on, oh, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's from the capital. <laughs> she's from the capital of. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So, so we're not. Let's not kid ourselves. It's here and it's here in droves. But what this does, though, Leland, is it allows the per- okay. So if you're getting it for your spouse or your child, let's say you're not in the marijuana world. And you, but but you know it'll, it'll help your kid for some reason, and so you go get it. Who are you buying it from? Mm-hmm. You're buying it from somebody who I mean, what's in the what's in marijuana? What else are they trying? The marijuana they're selling to you. What else are they trying to sell to you? What this bill does is it says, okay, mom, okay, dad, okay, spouse. Um, your physician says it's good for your loved one or yourself. Let's let that person, Leland. Let's let them go where the lights are bright. The products have been tested, yeah. And law enforcement and the Kentucky Board of Medical Licensure oversees our physicians where they have the keys, right? So it's safe. It's safe product. We don't have to worry about it being laced with other things. Yeah, that because that's where things are getting kind of funky, especially, you know, not to keep going back to the Colorado issue, but there are a lot of people that come here, uh, sort of for marijuana vacations, and one of the things that gets people in trouble. <laughs> is they'll come out and they'll get the gummies and they'll get the edibles and they don't realize that your body processes uh, that that THC in a very different way, very much faster, very much more potent when you eat it versus when you smoke it. And people will find themselves in all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, and then they cut it with stuff. You know, it's it's illegal to do that. But I mean, on the illicit side, you get that. So to your point, yeah, if it's controlled, and this is why I think what you've done with your bill is is interesting, because for those who do disagree with legalizing it recreationally, you've put a lot of counter stops in there to make sure That's right. that it doesn't co- go the way of California, when you could just go to any crackpot doctor with a scrape on your elbow and come away with a box of doobies. Well, one thing we know is walls work, and we've built that wall in this bill between recreational and, and medicinal, and that's why... You know, hardcore conservatives, Christian conservatives, and social conservatives are getting on board with this bill. I mean, a couple of years ago, um, people said, "Oh, you're not going to have the majority." Well, we don't only have the majority anymore; we have the super duper duper majority. <laughs> um, and 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 people like you. I mean, you remember Chairman Westerfield from the Judiciary, yeah. who's the Judicial Chairman in, in the Senate. He is now 
supportive of the bill. Now, wh- wh- why is he supportive of the bill? One, he talked to constituents who said, from his church even, he's, he's, he's publicly said, hey, Whitney, this is good for us, and, and here's the reasons why. So he, again, like me, wasn't convinced, but he got his mind open, his heart open. He started studying the issue, and then he said, okay, well, this can be done, but, but we got to make sure it's done right. Mm-hmm. So then we met every other week. It was painful for both of us. We met every other week for an hour and a half on Zoom over the last year, and we literally read the bill together. I'd take a line, he'd take a line. I'd take a line, he'd take a line. It was, it was awful. But what <laughs> it did, but, like fun. But, 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 you know, exactly. Anything would be more fun than that. Yeah. Whitney and I did not, you know, we enjoy each other's company, but that was painful. But, I'd rather watch UT base basketball. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know about that now. That orange is, is worse than, than, than anything. But, but so, so, so Whitney came across and he said, you know, this is the bill that this is the bill we've been waiting for that we can support. So even people like Whitney Westerfield, who's very public safety um, con- uh, concerned and and he's very um, you know socially conservative, is supporting House Bill 136, the Epilepsy Foundation, multiple sclerosis. You know, it's the right bill for Kentucky. Yeah. I like how you guys have done it, and and I love hearing those conversations where you say, hey, I listen to my constituents because that's such a rarity in politics today. And, you know, I was was thinking about this. It's like, look, when you talk about being against medical marijuana, I've heard the arguments against it. Sometimes people are like, well, it's a gateway drug. It's going to open up people to, you know, go the illicit route. And I'm like, well, then ban OxyContin, like outright, completely ban it. And nobody wants to right. do that because they don't want to give up their pain, you know, their pain pills when it comes time because they've got their ailing back or their ailing knees. And I and I've always argued that it should be much more controlled because in the doctor setting, right? Because it does lead to a lot of addiction problems. This is nowhere even near in comparison. So if you're okay with a doctor prescribing oxycontin, you should be okay with right. that same doctor making the choice to prescribe marijuana. Exactly. You've got to get it through the bona fide relationship with your physician here. No doubt about that. Look, Leland, I'm just an attorney, and, and you know, from the south end of uh, of Louisville, I, I'm not smart enough to know whether it's a gateway. A lot of good people say it is. A lot of good people say it isn't. I know what it is, though. It's a gateway off of opioids for so many of our veterans yeah. and our and our neighbors. And so, you know, it, it's it's an off ramp, and that you know, that's one of the reasons that that we should be for it to allow people another option besides opioids. There's a guy who has been advocating for this for about seven, eight years now. His name's Eric Crawford. He's in a wheelchair. He was uh, a regular, you know, Kentucky boy who was out and hunting and doing all the things that all Kentucky boys do. And he's headed back home one night in a car with his friends, and uh, they hit a truck with a cow. Or a cow, the, the the truck in front of him hits a cow. The cow flies up and goes through the car that Eric is in. Eric, at, at a moment, in a, in a split second, um, is paralyzed. He's a quadriplegic now. And he um, was on opioids, a ton of opioids. He showed me the bags that he was using. And um, and it was harming him. He he says I'd be dead now if I would have stayed on opioids. And he is using medical marijuana with his with his physicians, you know, um, understanding, acquiescence, uh, encouragement, and it's kept him off opioids for a decade. Right. I mean, who who wouldn't be for that? I know a lot of people are scared of marijuana. I get it. I get it. But who wouldn't be for that for Eric? And there yeah. are lots of Eric's out there. Yeah, that I, I, that story just it it breaks my heart to think that technically he's a criminal. You know what that's I mean? That's right. And that's, that's just right. wrong. That's just yeah. wrong. Yeah, Leland, he has three options, right? Option number one, suffer. Mm-hmm. Option number two, become a criminal. Option number three, leave your homeland and your family. Yeah. Those are terrible options. Yeah. Well, how about let's give them a fourth option? And that fourth option is with the with the working with your physician, you can get this uh this medicine that makes you feel and be better. Yeah. I feel like too, one of the things this is a this this is just a little bit of a rabbit trail on this, but one of the things that 
how are you writing this bill to protect gun rights for people? One of the problems we have in Colorado is, uh, believe it or not, as blue as the state is, it has pretty good gun laws. Um, not quite, but almost comparable to Kentucky's gun laws, minus the constitutional carry. But if you have a medical, this is the weird thing. Get this, okay? You can go, I can, I can, I, you know, I carry every day. I can literally go down the street and buy some marijuana. And so long as I don't get caught with it in my possession and having my gun at the same time, it's like beer, right? But, mm -hmm. but, get this. If I go out and get a medical marijuana card and get a prescription for that marijuana from my doctor, I cannot have a concealed carry permit. So yeah, that makes that, that makes make no it, sense. In, yeah, in Kentucky, it doesn't matter because we we don't require concealed carry permits okay. anymore. Right. So, but, but the but the federal rule, by the way, it says you you know FFL dealers can't sell someone sell right. to someone, but it doesn't mean you can't possess it. Right. And so you know right. that, that's a problem. That's a problem. I acknowledge that, but that's some, that's a decision that the individual patient's going to have to make. Unfortunately, yeah. um, I think they're going to have to choose what's better for them. Yeah. Um, I just hope, I guess the reason I bring that up is I hope they do something at the federal level so that, no doubt. you know, it's, it's legal medically at least. And then, because then if it is legal medically, then it doesn't come into play. It's like any other medical substance. You know, I can't, I can't carry uh, concealed if I'm under the influence of any substance. It could be alcohol. Right. It could be it could be a pain pill. You know, I I, I right. cannot carry while I'm under that substance. And I don't. I'm not advocating that you should be allowed to. I'm simply saying it should line up with every other substance. I might get a prescription pill, and I might have to put my gun in the nightstand or in the safe for a little while until I get through whatever that medical issue is. But I don't want people to lose their rights just because they're getting the medical help that they need and deserve. That's exactly right. And it's not only with firearms; it's also with driving. If you if you're inebriated on any substance, you shouldn't right. be able to drive. But if you're, you know, if you're taking medical medicinal marijuana and it's not affecting your ability to drive, and you're not inebriated, then then just like with opioids or any other medicine that you're taking, that it, the question should be on whether you're qualified to drive, um, uh, able to drive, rather than rather than it being illegal just because you get a card. And also with medical marijuana, can you talk to this? Do people? I mean, the way it's prescribed, they don't really get high. Do they? I mean, it's not like they're sitting around smoking a doobie because Doc said I can. It's it's a little different, isn't it? Like the dosages and stuff like that. How does that work? Yeah, the dosages is, is to the individual, obviously. And there are 37 states that have passed it and their dosage uh, recommendations. I'm not a physician, so I don't know the proper dosage for any medication. But there are there are suggested do um, dosages. We do not have smoke in our bill in Kentucky. That was something I had to take out for um, to get a to get a vote. I, I do support that you should be able to smoke it because I know it has a different different impact and some doctors are saying that's the best uh, means but our Kentucky bill does not allow that because it was uh, I, w I needed to take that out there in order to get a vote gotcha gotcha well and and you know like all things in Kentucky we'll move to it eventually right I mean it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it'll be what 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 did, what did Twain say you, yeah. you know when the world ends move to Kentucky yeah because it's always 20 years behind I, I, pre right, I prefer exactly. as a Kentuckian and and even if I don't live there I'm always a Kentuckian as a Kentuckian I prefer to require re refer to us as very deliberative <laughs> I, well, I want to be deliberative and not right. the first, but I don't yeah. want to be last either. Yeah. You know? We're going we're gonna to talk about it for a good long while, and then we'll get off That's the right. porch. <laughs> it's just exactly. how we are. Um, so, you know, let's talk. Let's just go a little bit different direction here. Um, you mentioned the super duper duper majority. That's the that's the one you can only buy at Walmart. Um, how <laughs> you know? Do you think that was a reaction to Governor Bashir's just? His knee-jerk autocratic response to the pandemic, do you think that that was kind of a sign for what might be coming nationwide in the fall with, with his shutdown antics? 
You mean the fact that we've got a super duper majority? Yeah. Do you think that was yeah, think, Kentuckians going, come on, man, you are not the freaking king? Yeah, I think a lot of it was. I mean, we, nobody knew what was going to happen in, in the election. And and um, and uh, in 2020, our governor went way too far. And in the beginning, look, everybody was scared. We saw the stuff from Italy and from New York. And it, we know now that some of that was distorted. But but we were all fearful, and we wanted the governor to, to um, take the steps that were appropriate. We supported him early on, and then he – um, I, I won't, uh, I won't say the reason, whatever the reason is, I don't know it. I won't, I won't make any accusations, but he continued on the path way too long and he went way too far. And we had a, we had a, a whipsaw reaction from our, from our voters and they didn't, you know, everybody wants to be safe and, and keep each other safe, but, uh, not at the expense of what Kentucky had to, um, had to endure. Um, and so the people have, and the people aren't, they're not done by right, any stretch of right, imagination. Right. We have, we have parents right now standing up for things that they learned during not only not only going through COVID, but things they learned in COVID, and they're demanding their government respond. Uh, you know, take the masks off. We had to, our legislature had to had to step in and require the mask to go off. Last year, our legislature had to stand in, step in and make our boards of education uh, get our kids back in school. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had a, a lady who I went to law school with who was always one of the one one of the ones in the liberals one of the liberals in the crowd. And she called me last summer, and she said, "Jason, you finally got me." And I said, well, "What are you talking about?" She said, "I can't stand it." They're, you know, they're, she has three young boys, and she said, um, "These, these, the Democrats, my party's has gone crazy, and I'm ready to become a Republican." And wow. I said, "Well, if you're serious, let's do it on the phone, <laughs> because in Kentucky, in Kentucky, you can reg- you can change your registration on the phone." And we did it together on the phone. That's and awesome. This is, and so, you know, the parents are are alert you saw that in virginia recently yes. kentucky's the same i'm sure san francisco jason J- yeah, san exactly. francisco yeah. <laughs> sending messages we don't want this kind of wokeness in our uh, society we yeah. we want to protect each other but that doesn't mean at the expense of all of our liberties yeah. um and these people these people leland they're not following the science they're following fear mm-hmm. and a political agenda yeah. if they were following the science people would get in line with that yeah but they're not yeah, I think um, it, what's what's heartening to me is seeing the left. Uh, well, I don't, I don't want to say the left. I'll say Democrats, because there's a radical element of the left that's leading the Democrat Party around by its teeth right now. And they're starting right. to buck against it, which is a good thing. When you see, th- you see guys like Bill Maher going, come on, come on. Exactly. You know what I mean? And this is like because I've always had friends on the left. I've, I mean, I'm a libertarian, so I have friends on both sides <clears throat> in terms of politics. And my leftist friends, if you want to call them that, it, we were more arguing about the size of government, not basic human liberty, right? Not not things like free speech, not things like ex- free expression, not things like right. your, a parent has the right to raise their child how they see fit. We weren't arguing about those things. We were arguing about, you know, government-funded medical care or, you know, the size of the social safety net. But we stood arm-in-arm arm when it came to free speech. We stood arm-in-arm arm when it came right. to uh, defending parents' rights, those kinds of things. And I think there's a backlash because I, I've never felt like that woke crowd that wants to shut everything down has been a majority of even Democrats. It's always been a small group. And I think there is a backlash that's building. And, and Republicans have an opportunity here if they can maybe kind of I don't I don't want to say go down the middle because I'm a libertarian. I, I'm liberty at all things. But I mean, if they can maybe just learn how to talk to people that have those different points of view, you're going to have more people making those calls like your friend. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it, I think it happens. I don't know if it's the party in power, out of power, but it happens to both sides, both parties uh, periodically. Unfortunately, we only have two parties. I wish we had, 
you know, yeah. three, four, seven parties. Mul- yeah, we need a multi-party system. You're right. Yeah, we need a multi-party system. But right now, that's not going to occur. And so, you know, you have the two-party system, which which perverts a lot of things because, you know, within the Republican Party, there's probably three different parties in our party, and I don't know how many are on the Democrats, but certainly, yeah. certainly more than one. Yeah. And um, you know, unfortunately, that's the way it is right now. Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting point because I've talked about this a lot. It's the red versus blue is killing our society. I. You know, I I made, I made this comment the other day on my show in Denver, and by the way, people can listen to it if they download the iHeartRadio app. Uh, just look for the K How, or, or just type in Leland Conway. I'll pop up. So will this podcast, by the way. But shameless plug. Anyway, I was talking about this the other day. There's two things that I think can save America right now. Two things, and only two things. It doesn't matter what political party you come from. It's number one, curiosity. We have to get our sense of curiosity back. That's right. Um, because we have a tendency to go, oh, where did that story come from? Okay, Fox News, I'm good. All right, yeah, I'll just go with that. And then, because so we have to have the curiosity to dig into things and go, does that sound right? Does that sound like common sense? Did that make any sense to you, right? And then the other thing is we have to have a relentless pursuit of the truth, regardless right. of where it comes out, right? Like not looking for affirmation, but looking for the truth. And until we get yeah. that, we're in trouble. No, that's exactly right. We, you, you'd think with a plethora of options, there would be more curiosity. Yeah. But what is curious, if I can say it that way, what's curious about it is when there's a plethora of options, people go to their corners. And yeah. that's not good. So what we need, your second point of a relentless um, search for the truth, what you have to have is you have to have honest institutions that, that um, I don't want to say broker it, but that, that push out the truth and fight against the untruth. The problem is we have no trust, and probably rightfully so, very little trust in our in our historical institutions. Yeah, um, you know, you always hear about the, the the time you know when there used to be one one show on on the television, everybody was watching it, and that was wonderful. Well, I'm not I'm not so sure about that because right. you know that's just one view. I like it better where there's a plethora of options, but I still want our institutions to be respected. But in order to be respected, they have to earn that respect and yeah. keep it. Yeah, and I don't think they're doing that. You know, a perfect example too, and, and it it happens like with the CDC, not you know, hiding information. Congressman Thomas Massey caught them right. doing that. And then on the, the media side, I this is one of my favorites. The other day, there was a fact check on PolitiFact. And I can't remember which politician said it, but um, they said we had we had doubled our imports of Russian oil uh, since Biden became president. And the fact check said mostly false. And then right underneath of it, in the quick points, it said we have, in fact, doubled our imports of oil from Russia since Biden became president. So they literally went in there and at the top, you know, they're expecting you not to read the bottom, right? And you read the headline and you go, oh, look, PolitiFact says that's wrong. And then in the body of it, they admit that it isn't wrong. And it's like that is an undermining of trust, you know, where it's like, wait a minute, I can't even believe the headlines because the headline is an outright bald-faced lie, and they admit it in the lie. body. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's and, and if the if the answer if the answer has to have context, then just say context needed. See below, right? Because a lot of things have context, but don't answer the question and then and then you know and then the actual information be counter to what you've yeah what, what you're saying. And it, it, that that's a perfect point. If we're going to have something like Politifact, which I think has beclowned itself a number of times. Then it has to be straight up and straight up honest. Yeah, it's not, so it it won't be. So even when it's doing right, Leland, you can't trust it because you know that it doesn't do right all the time or aspire to do right all the time. Yeah, I tell you, I'm thank God for Substack. I don't know if you've checked that source out, um, but basically, a lot of these independent journalists who have gotten fired uh, from like like Barry Weiss from the uh, um, you know New York Times, um, Glenn Greenwald, mm-hmm. um, you know who just you know even 
even his independent outfit, the intercept that he started when it got wonky that way, he left. These are people that are leftists in terms of their politics, but they're fiercely independent in terms of their defense of searching for the truth. And so there's an enormous amount of information out there by credible journalists who are sick of working inside that sort of blue versus red system. And they're just out there doing real news. And you can basically access a lot of it for free on Substack and some of it you can subscribe to. But it gives you those options, but it's options of people that I think are mostly being responsible with that information. So um, yep, it's a good that's source. Right. And there, there are traditional reporters in traditional media, very, I think, few and far between, that do that as well. You know, in Kentucky, Jack Brammer comes to mind and Philip Bailey. Phillip oh, Bailey's I love a, Jack, yeah. And yeah, Philip, too, terrific. both of them. And, yeah. you know, Philip's a, a younger guy. Jack, I think, just retired. But but with Philip, I know when he's writing a story on me, one, I better bring my A game because yeah. he'll, he'll, either praise me or, he'll either praise me or damn me based on what, what the facts lead. Yeah. And so that's what you want. You want somebody that's going to that's gonna support you when you're right and, and, you know, kick you in the shins and make you prove your case yeah. when, when they think you're wrong. And we, we have too little of that. Too many, too many people are, are right and left, but especially the left when we're talking about media, yeah. are worried about clickbait and t- and saying what their audience wants them to say. Yeah, um, and that's you know that's what they do. So, um, what do folks need to do if they want to get this marijuana bill passed? Um, when does I know this week is probably a crucial week for it, is it not? I'm going to post this podcast today so it gets out there right away. Uh, but but what's the timeline on this, and what what are the chances, and then what do you need from people? So what we need is we need everybody to pull from the same side of the rope, no matter where you are on the question of, of marijuana. Um, but this is uh, House of 136. You need to call your legislator. We're probably going to get it out of the House this week over to the Senate. And so uh, the game is in the Senate. We passed it with about 70% of the vote two years ago in the House. It'll be stronger this year. Um, call your senator. Let them know, you know, here's where I stand and here's why. And ask them if they have concerns, you know, so you can address those concerns, get information to, to address those concerns. And, and look, if they're not with you at first, that's okay. Just be calm and let them know, um, you know, where you stand. Um, because like me, many people move on this question. Many people are moving. I got, I got a guy today who told me that he was 40, never thought he would be today, this morning, wow. a legislator. Wow. And so, and so you keep moving. Nobody's a no until they have to push the red button or they have to say no on the floor. Keep moving with respect and information. We have the stories on our side, but most importantly, we have the facts and the science on our side. So just go with confidence and uh, and not a, and you know don't throw elbows but just just throw the truth and that's so contact your senators if you have uh, if you if you care about this bill and you want it to pass all right that's awesome let me say something about you Jason um, we've been friends for a while um, I have so much respect for you as a legislator and it's kind of funny it's because we don't always agree that I have so much respect for you um, I don't know of very many legislators that approach the job the way you approach it, and that is to listen to your constituents, to stand up for your constituents, and at the same time, maintain your principles, and you're willing to talk to everybody, and you don't necessarily throw firebombs for the sake of throwing firebombs. You get out there, and you figure out what needs to be done, and then you you um, you, you find the positive in things. And I just I, I, I think we'd do a lot better if we had a whole lot more people like you um, not only at the state level, but also at the federal level. And it, it's sad that that politics has become what it's become. But uh, I hope people in your in your district continue to appreciate the way that you legislate. So, well, I appreciate this. I, that your comments, very, very kind words. I don't I don't want to do this for long. So while I'm here, I want to make some things done. And I'm not running to be the president of the world. I'm running to be the gentleman from Jefferson 33 and not for much longer. So I want to get stuff done. <laughs> there you go, brother. All right. Great talking to you. Have a great day and we'll talk soon. OK. 
Thanks, Leland. Appreciate you. All right, bye bye. Uh, Representative Jason Nemus, ladies and gentlemen, right here on the disruption zone. I am telling you, man, it is high time. (laughs) I'm going to keep doing that pun. I'm sorry. Uh, for us to have legalized medical marijuana. It's the right thing to do. You know, I mean, if you're sitting on a deathbed and you find something that helps you enjoy the time with your family that you have left, who's some politician to stand in the way of you being able to choose your own medical care? Or if you have PTSD, what if we save one soldier's life because they don't commit suicide because this helped them? I mean, it is imperative that we get this. Uh, in Kentucky. So a big thanks to Jason Nemus for being willing to come on and talk to us about it. Louisville Cabinets and Countertops made this episode possible. I love these guys, but you don't have to take my word for it. Excellent product and fantastic service after the sale. Would definitely do business with this company again, says Steph on Google reviews. And there's tons more where that came from. But I am I am also a walking review of this company because they did our kitchen and master bath and they did a phenomenal job. They actually rescued our kitchen. We had Somebody had put in an island that I wanted an island, but this island was ugly, clunky, and it was not usable. And Tim Montgomery came in, said, hey, I think I can fix that, and did. And then it was beautiful. And I'm confident it's one of the reasons why our house was so quick to sell when we put it on the market, because the kitchen was gorgeous. So whether you're do-it-yourselfer and they have plenty of cabinets in stock, no worries about supply chain, high-quality, affordable cabinets, every single style, They can make it happen. 502-930-3304, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Also want to thank my co-host and co-executive producer, who I promise will be back on the podcast this week, Cameron Mills. We're going to talk a little basketball, too. Um, Also, a big thanks to um, our friends at Dynamics Audio Productions for their help with uh, the audio on this program. And you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Leland Show. Uh, or on Instagram, it's at GreatlyLondo. Uh, you can download this podcast for free from iHeartRadio's app. Just search Disruption Zone in the podcast section or from Apple Podcasts or Google Play. So you can get this out there, share it with your friends because that is helping us. We are over 100,000 downloads thanks to you. So I appreciate that support. We are back in the swing of things and, uh, and we'll be back with many more great episodes continuing on. I am Leland Conway, The Disruption Zone.